Hello and welcome to another episode of the pod. Today I'm coming to you with some really good news. The Raptors won a game. They took down the Charlotte Hornets 111-108. And what ended up being a nail-biter, considering Toronto had an 18-point lead in the third and really skewed it down at the end there. But despite their bad offense down the stretch, they were able to get the dub. And now I'm going to be bringing you a quick recap of the game, you know, just in case you missed it, or if you want to run it back, go through the ins and outs of the game again. So, first things first, the refs, let them play tonight. There's only 25 total free throws in the game, and honestly, I thought that was a very entertaining game offensively by both squads, and honestly, there wasn't a lot of defense being played out there. Toronto's paint was wide open. They allowed 50 points in the paint, But luckily for them, their shot was falling in the first three quarters. But down the stretch for Toronto, it was a bit worrisome. They attempted a total of 53s. But they were still feeling it. And they hit 20. So they shot 40% from three on an insane volume of threes. They cooled down in the fourth and only ended up shooting one of 11. So they ended up hitting 19 threes in the first three quarters. And then they hit one their 11 And they only scored, I think, 13 points or 12 points, something crazy. They had 99 going into the game. They finished with 111, so they had 12 points or whatever in that fourth quarter. Essentially, their offense down the stretch was horrendous. The only thing that kept them in this game was their offensive rebounding. And honestly, they were getting it from everyone. From Powell, OG, Siakam, Boucher especially. These guys were all grabbing offensive boards. The ability to get second chance opportunities is really what ended up saving them. And that's the only reason they ended up getting the win. And it's mostly because the Hornets tried going small ball and took Bismack out of the game. And Boucher was able to punish them. The Raptors had 13 offensive boards in the game, but I think 10 at least it felt like came in that fourth quarter. There was actually one sequence where they got four offensive rebounds after missing Three straight threes. Then it led to a Boucher layup. And that's really the key for Toronto down the stretch. I also really like their ball movement by Toronto. They're really moving that ball around. They had 30, over 30 assists. And they're getting other guys involved. You know, the stretch shooters, everyone was really contributing. Felt like everyone touched the ball on offense. Every possession. The ball was really whizzing around. I really enjoyed that. And they had a few offensive boards at the end of the game as well, which really helped them seal the win, giving the Hornets only a few seconds to try and hit a three to tie the game. And then obviously they had that crazy shot in the corner to try and tie it, falling out of bounds and hit the side of the backboard. But the Raptors only had five field goals in the fourth. And like I said, luckily they were able to get the win in this game. But there's still concerns moving forward for Toronto in terms of closing out games. And a team like the Hornets, without Gordon Hayward, should be an easy win. And they were on that trajectory, up 18 to blow them out at one point. And they really let it slip in the fourth. Um, The only reason that they ended up making it was one man, Chris Boucher. Tonight was his official coming out party. And he's here to stay. After his 28th birthday performance, everyone was like, oh, Boucher's amazing, blah, blah, blah. But then he followed it up with another monster game. A career high, well, at least this ties his career high, 25 points, 
10 boards, two blocks, a steal, shot 8 of 12 from the field, hit four, two of four threes, and I think he's legit. Toronto's best center by far, and he'll be in the running for both sixth man of the year and most improved player. He's also third in the league in blocks per game at 2.6 behind Miles Turner, who's averaging 4.2, and Rudy Gobert, who's tied with him at 2.6 per game. I also want to quickly shout out the Hornets because they played a hell of a game. They really did. LaMelo Ball was really impressive to me. He was hitting the deep three ball. He was getting guys involved. He looked really, really good compared to when we first saw him in preseason. He looks a lot more comfortable out there in the NBA, and he's going to be a legit young rookie. He's obviously a young rookie right now, but he's going to be a legit player down the stretch. Obviously, he has a really high ceiling, um, potentially a lower floor than you know maybe a James Wiseman or an Anthony Edwards or a Tyrese Halliburton, but inevitably, I think he's going to end up being a very, very solid player for the Hornets and whoever else he ends up playing for in his career. But shout out to PJ Washington. He had 20 points on 50% shooting. Bismack Biombo, of course, dropped 10 and 8. Devontae Graham had a coming out party shot, 5 of 12 from 3, had 15 points. Terry Rozier was balling out 10 of 16, 22 points, 5 assists, 3 boards, no fouls. He really showed a case everything. He was throwing down huge dunks, getting in the lane, hit 2 of 4 from 3. He was really showcasing the entire skill set and part of the reason why on Boston he had a lot of hype and ended up getting that massive contract with the Charlotte Hornets. And then LaMelo Ball off the bench, 14 points, 2 of 5 from 3, 11 assists, and 6 boards. He played really, really good. Even Malik Monk played good in Sparkman. It's obviously a high flyer. Miles Bridges, a high flyer, 5 of 7 from the field. And they ended up shooting over 40% from 3, 48% from the field. They had 44 boards, 32 assists. They out-assisted Toronto. Actually, that's wrong. They had one less assist than Toronto. And they ended up playing really, really good basketball. And down the stretch, Toronto was lucky that they ended up getting this win. One last thing about them. (laughs) Miles Bridges had a massive poster, two-handed dunk. He jacked that thing back behind his head and slammed it over Boucher. That was pretty nasty. Can't lie. And like I said, LaMelo Ball's up there with all those other rookies who are looking legit. Like I said, Halliburton, Wiseman, Edwards, those guys are all looking pretty damn good. Also, I want to touch on Nick Nurse's rotation. First of all, Matt Thomas. Do you guys remember him? Did he have... (laughs) This is a joke, all right, but... I saw someone actually send this to me on Instagram. That he's like, did he have an affair with Nick Nurse's wife or something? Why has he gotten zero minutes in the last four games? He's literally played no minutes at all. I don't know why. I really don't get it. He stretches the floor. He's a great decoy on the offense. Draws a lot of attention. Tonight, the Raptors didn't need his shooting. But when Toronto struggles, which happens you know, 50% of the time... They could really use a guy like that to help spread the floor and instantly produce offense and good looks from three. And honestly, the gravity of a guy like that, similar to J.J. Redick, can really contribute really well to other guys getting it going too. You know, giving more space for Siakam down low just because of the way that he spaces the floor and the gravity that he pulls. I'm really happy that Nick Nurse is giving Boucher more minutes and really unlocking his game. I've also, I've always thought that Boucher was special since he won MVP and Defensive Player of the Year 
in the G League in 2018, 2019. And now he's finally getting that chance. And he's really filled the void that Serge Ibaka left. And Toronto's been really, really competitive since he started playing starter-level minutes. Obviously still coming off the bench most games. But I think he's been incredible. Amazing. Most improved player. Christian Wood is probably the most improved player. But he's up there too. Boucher is going to be in the conversation. I also liked Watanabe, and I thought he had a net positive impact on the game for Toronto. Obviously, he can stretch the floor. He had a block, which I was surprised about. He had a steal. And, you know, he provides some good rebounding at the four position too, which is something Toronto is going to need from other guys considering their bigs are a bit stiff. And like I said, Boucher is an undersized big man, so they're going to need other positional players, right, like Siak and like Watanabe to come out there and also help with the rebounding task especially against bigger teams. Stanley Johnson actually played decent. He had a couple bad turnovers like he always does. He just threw one out of bounds. But the one thing I will say about Stanley Johnson is he's a real character guy for Toronto. He shows a lot of heart, dedication. He plays very hard. He's a perfect player for Nick Nurse. I understand why Nick Nurse is giving him all these minutes and Honestly, I feel like Stanley Johnson has proven that he deserves these minutes and deserves to get out there to play because of the way that he's brought the culture and really represented the Raptors in that way. And there was a clip that I saw this this morning where a reporter was basically asking him if he wanted more minutes and how he could juggle, obviously contributing to the team, but also contributing for his own ego. And basically what he said was, I don't want to show more. And this was his way of saying that he's happy with his role and he'll honestly do whatever it takes for Toronto to win. And he said it in such an honest way that made me realize that this man's a real one. So I just want to give a shout out to Stanley Johnson for that. He doesn't get enough respect for that kind of stuff. I'd like to see more Terrence Davis though. Like I said, he's a reliable shooter. He can knock it down consistently. He's a secondary ball handler and can get other guys involved while also getting his own at the same time. He's a perfect guy off the bench to be a little bit of a spark plug. He brings that athleticism, that ability to slice the offense, dribble penetrate, get good looks for the team. And honestly, Toronto would be better off by giving him more minutes or someone like Malachi Flynn as well. I think they both would be a good bench guy who can come out, like I said, and make those kinds of plays. All right, that's it for Raptors Talk. Quickly going to talk about the biggest trade in the NBA this season by far, the James Harden trade to the Nets. First, let's talk about what Houston got. Houston got four first-round picks and four pick swaps. They got eight unprotected picks, Victor Oladipo and Dante Exum. I've heard mixed feelings from people about this, but at the end of the day, I'm going to say this is a great haul by the Houston Rockets for James Harden, a guy who won it out anyways. They're able to recuperate some of the picks that they lost in the Westbrook trade and were able to add talent to help them win now in Victor Oladipo. And honestly, this puts together a nice squad when you look at John Wall, you got Oladipo, you got Christian Wood, you got Boogie off the bench, Eric Gordon's still there. They've got a very solid team. And honestly, adding Oladipo to the mix might be a, a big benefit because they could end up flipping him and get some more picks back. I still don't really know what they want to do. To be honest, whether or not they think they can compete with this team or they're going to try and sell high on these kinds of assets, the John Wall, like I said, the Oladipo, maybe even Boogie too. But at the end of the day, they got a young guy who can potentially blossom as a solid player as well in Dante Exum. They got Christian Wood, who looks like he's a big part of their future. 
I don't know why the Pistons got rid of him, by the way, and let him walk, but overall, this was an amazing trade for the Houston Rockets. Next, the Nets, they got Harden back. Obviously, this makes them the most dangerous team in the NBA. They might regret all the picks that they gave up in 2027, but for the next two years or so, they'll be the favorite in the East at the minimum. I actually saw something funny today that said that the next time the Nets will have a first-round pick, Durant's going to be 40. 40 years old. That's just wild. Next, the Pacers, they swapped Oladipo for Karis LeVert. Once again, this was an amazing move. Underrated how good this move was. You flipped an expiring contract for Karis LeVert, a young star in the making who's on a team-friendly deal for the next three years. He fits the team well. They actually needed a wing who can create his own shot. And honestly, they've been playing a lot of... Oh, what's that shooter's name? They have this one shooter on the wing. They're playing a lot of him. And honestly, his defense is not that good. So, oh, Doug McDermott. They're playing a lot of Doug McDermott. And I was like watching the game and it was just like, why is he on so much? He's not a good defender, you know. He, and I don't know, his shooting is in and out. But picking up Karis LeVert really fills that void for them. And fits the timeline too for this Pacers team with Brogdon and Sabonis as that nucleus that they've got there. And considering Old Depot was likely going to leave this offseason anyways, they got a nice return on that asset. Next is the Cavs get Jared Allen and Torian Prince. They've got their young center of the future now at just 22 years old. Jared Allen's going to show some great potential, and he'll be a great center in the NBA for a really long time. I don't think anyone can really debate that. Toronto should have snuck in here and said and sweetened the pot, you know, maybe with a pick, maybe two, attach Norman Powell, try and get Allen back. But the Cavs now have a million centers and will likely take trade offers for these guys, whether it be Drummond or Larry Nance or one of these guys. But overall, I'd say it's a thumbs up for them because they're starting to create a young, interesting core with obviously Sexland, Kevin Porter Jr., and now Jared Allen on top of that. This team's got a nice young future and that's really it every team was a winner in this trade i think in different ways for sure but inevitably this was a really crazy trade it sets the stage for what's going to be a crazy off season and by off season i mean postseason because i'm really excited for the playoffs to see this trio how good they really can be together will Kyrie come back obviously he's a weird guy so no one really knows but Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate the love as usual. Keep listening to the pod. I'll catch you guys on the next one.